This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Defense Department's chief data officer is transforming the way the agency thinks about and uses data. Now the department is taking steps to bring the CDO closer together with two of its partners, the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the Jake, and the Defense Digital Service. Early next year, all three will report to a new chief digital and AI officer. For a closer look at all of this, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with the senior advisor to the DOD chief data officer, Jenny Sue Ross. What we're doing here in DOD CDO is emblematic of what CDOs across the federal space and, and broader are doing, which is working with the data leads, platforms, and functional subject matter experts from their enterprise to try to bring those different parties together to look at how we can best access the data assets, which are so crucial to the mission, and make sure that those are available at speed and at echelon. Of my job and in support of the CDO is really helping implement data best practices throughout the department. And I specifically focus on senior leader decision support, but that's applicable at all echelons in the department. Where do you see the DOD CDO as having made the most progress? I know they've had a lot of irons and a lot of fires here, but what stands out to you the most? I think that there's been a very strong foundation laid by the department about what we're trying to achieve. You know, part of data transformation means aligning our culture, technology, and talent to recognize that data is an enduring strategic asset that is needed to drive sustainable battle space advantage and business efficiency. So here in in DOD CDO, we're enabling all of the components. We're such a large organization and we have fantastic data leadership throughout the enterprise. So really helping make sure that they understand, uh, you know, the, the core foundations and have access to the tools that they need and the support as they transform their culture. I think there are some core principles that have been laid out by the CDO that really show what we're focused on and and where we're starting to make progress. So from the data strategy, we're very aligned throughout the department, making data visible, accessible, understandable, linked, trustworthy, interoperable, and secure. Those are sort of key tenants, and those have been reinforced from the top with obviously the Deputy Secretary of Defense affirming that priority in that memo in May. So I think we've made a lot of progress in building some partnerships throughout the department because that's what we're going to need to move fast is folks at all of these different echelons working together to get after you know unlocking the department's data. To maybe pull on that thread a little bit, you were talking about these communities that we've seen flourish around CDOs. And I think, you know, a key part of that, you mentioned collaboration. Another part of that, perhaps data sharing and facilitating data sharing. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks put out a memo earlier this year to that effect with the data advantage memo and really maximizing data sharing and the permissions to share that kind of data. Help me better understand at this point in time, the current state of data sharing in DOD and where would you like to see things go from here? You know, as you mentioned, the deputy has made very clear that we are to maximize data sharing, comport to an open architecture, right? Our data assets are an enterprise resource. And I think that that perspective is incredibly important. We've seen a lot of progress in the department's focus on cataloging our data. So part of making sure that it's available is making sure we're aware uh, where the data is, how it's being used, who owns it. So there's been a great partnership throughout the enterprise to try to figure out the best way to make sure we catalog our data and make sure that it's available. So I think we're seeing a lot of effort. And one thing I would love to footstomp is we're seeing 
including a lot of different functional communities, uh, as well as different institutions like the military departments take ownership of that process, really lean in and say that it's important for them to figure out data sharing in order to achieve their mission outcomes. So this isn't something that's only being driven by CDO, you know, dragging everybody along. This is something where folks are really taking ownership and leaning in. So I think that's incredible progress. Where I'd like to see us is making continued progress on the data cataloging effort. We're continuing to talk with our interagency partners about places where it's important to understand best practices for data sharing there. Of course, no CDO is an island. Like this is a real team effort here. And I think at DOD that goes without saying a lot of great partners to just name a few, you know, the joint AI center, the defense digital service. There's so many others out there. I know that the deputy defense secretary has some specific plans for how that partnership would like to go forward in the future, but to perhaps put it more generally, how would you like to see those kinds of partnerships and other partnerships evolve going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, we have fantastic partners. And as some of these organizational decisions continue to evolve, we're going to continue to partner to move forward on, on the data and AI efforts that we need to bring the warfighters, you know, what they require. So um, how we'd like to see that evolve, I think there's really great collaborative efforts. We have a project called Executive Analytics, which is focused on senior leader decision support. There's the AI and Data Accelerator Initiative that the deputy announced a, a few months ago. Um, and that's just to name a few there are these great initiatives with senior leader buy-in and, and senior leaders telling us where the areas of focus are most important. And that's crucial because all of us are taking on a very large challenge when it comes to data transformation and, and the analytics and tools the department needs to move at the speed that we want to and, and make the data-driven decisions that we're aiming for. So understanding what is of the highest priority to our leadership is an incredibly helpful piece. So I think we're very much looking forward to partnering with all of those organizations, those you mentioned and quite a number that that didn't come up yet to get after those challenges. In DOD specifically, we have seen, you know, a lot of ink spilled on this rescaling and upscaling the DOD workforce to handle the data challenges of the future. And so how do you see rescaling and upscaling having a role in, in DOD in terms of this data work and where would you like to see it go? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I think it can mean a lot of different things. When we talk about our workforce and making sure folks have what they need to adapt to the more data-driven environment, sometimes we're just talking about, you know, making clear that data literacy is an organizational priority, setting common internal language for how we speak about data. You'll see some of the documents we put out there just define some terms. It's hard to have a productive conversation if you're using the same words and meaning different things. We're also really focused on learning by doing. Uh, we're, we're having a bias toward action is another term you'll hear us use. Um, we're using what's available from a, from a tool, from a data space, and really trying to go after the problems while we think about where we want to be in the longer term. We're also making very clear the data fundamentals. We can't forego those very essential pieces as we're trying to get after these problems. So I would say that. And then finally, we're, we're really helping folks think about the connection between the business concepts and the data concepts. We shouldn't be talking about data in isolation. I think that's where it can get kind of confusing. Jenny Sue Ross, Senior Advisor to the DOD Chief Data Officer, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. 
During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual, actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, 
what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they gonna say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, DC, I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening, 
to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.